Scott Walker here. Uh, thanks for joining us today on our podcast, Freedom Fighters. Boy, what an amazing week. I, I got to tell you, it took me a couple days to figure out uh, kind of what to think about this. And I was, in fact, Mark Thiessen the other day uh, reached out to me. Uh, of course, uh, he writes and comments on TV and other things and had been talking about this as well and asked for my thoughts about this. Uh, not just because I'd have thoughts about what happened in Washington on, on Wednesday at the U.S. Capitol, but because it so closely aligns with what we saw about a decade ago, almost exactly at this time back. I remember February 11th of 2011, we introduced what was then called the budget repair bill in uh, in Wisconsin at the state uh, capitol uh, that night already when I was at the Appleton Post Crescent doing one of the things that seems uh, unusual to do these days because the papers and particular editorial boards have so diminished their impact since then. But a decade ago, I was still stopping at the editorial uh, board meeting, meeting to talk about what we were doing with our budget repair bill and why it was necessary Coming in, we had inherited about a $3.6 billion gap in our biannual budget and a shortfall on the, the budget that was about six months left. Uh, our budgets go from uh, July 1 of an odd-numbered year until June 30th, uh, two years later. And uh, we had a gap we had to make up that was left by the former uh, Democrat governor and Democrat legislature, uh, a sizable amount. And so we looked at the uh, budget repair bill, which we required to do under law when there's a gap between revenues and expenditures and uh, decided to not just duct tape it over, but actually start the changes that would then help us for the bigger challenge we had uh, for that budget, the two-year budget that started July 1st, and put in place uh, the reforms uh, that ultimately were called Act 10. Um, again, that's a decade ago, hard to imagine, but uh, that first day on the 11th of February 2011, we had um, went in and when we came out, there were hundreds of people outside protesting. I think the local teachers union had put that together. We actually had to go out another door because they had surrounded the car. Uh, by the next day, that Saturday, the 12th, uh, Lincoln's birthday, I remember these well by the dates that we were, we were supposed to have a Reagan uh, dinner uh, honoring Ronald Reagan's birthday that Saturday night at the residence, even though Reagan's birthday was the week before on February 6th uh, that year. Amazing how you think of certain key dates. But on February 6th, 2011, was the 100th anniversary of President Reagan's birth. It also, I know personally, many of you listening have heard this before, it's my wedding anniversary. And that year, uh, the trifecta was that it was the day that the Green Bay Packers played the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in the uh, in the Super Bowl down in Texas, uh, in the Dallas area. And so we had pushed the dinner back to the 12th because we were, we were uh, Tonette and I and our kids were all at the Super Bowl watching the Packers play. Little did we know that by that next Friday, the 11th, things would start to, to blow. And uh, by the next day, uh, the next over the weekend, we had protesters out in front of the residence uh, in Maple Bluff outside of the state capitol, Madison. And then that following week, it started with hundreds and then thousands. And then eventually, 
particularly when the 14 Senate Democrats in Wisconsin left the state and went into Illinois, went into hiding to prevent a vote on the budget repair bill. Uh, we saw the numbers in our state capital go from hundreds to thousands to eventually uh, about 100,000 people occupying the Capitol and the Capitol Square. I talked to two members of the House of Representatives from Wisconsin, in particular this week. Actually, I checked in with a number of folks I knew in the in the Congress, uh, in the Senate, uh, but two in particular who were state lawmakers at the time. And I, I say this quite seriously. We we each felt like we were going through a little bit of post traumatic stress disorder seeing the images of the Capitol under siege on Wednesday, seeing the images of people storming the doors. We had a point where thousands of people rushed through. They, they literally even at one point even took the hinges off the doors in the Wisconsin uh, state Capitol. Uh, they defied the Capitol Police and State Patrol and eventually other law enforcement that came in, orders to, to clear the building, to push back, completely ignored those, took over the Capitol, occupied it, lived in it, stayed in it overnight, uh, at other points, uh, literally broke through the windows. Some of the images I saw of the U.S. Capitol, I mean, were could have almost been identical uh, to the images we saw when uh, people were trying to uh, break through windows, crawl through windows, uh, barge through doors, roll past and roll over law enforcement and, and others out there. Thankfully, in Wisconsin's case, we didn't uh, have the kind of casualties uh, that we saw at the U.S. Capitol, but certainly the violence was very much there. And uh, ironically, and, and this is why for me, even if it never happened in Wisconsin, it was clear uh, I was going to denounce it. I mean, all summer long, I, I've been denouncing the riots and the violence across the country, saying that uh, passionate protests certainly are guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. Uh, but violence and mobs uh, promoting violence are, are certainly are not. I think that was even more true for me and others in Wisconsin just because of what we went through. We, we understand what it's like and, and the threats that people had, not just targeted against me and my family, for which there were many, and they weren't just targeted at the state capitol. They, they weren't just targeted at the governor's residence in Maple Bluff, uh, but even in our personal home in Wauwatosa, where our kids were still going to the, the Wauwatosa East High School, the local uh, community uh, high school, uh, where they got threats and were targeted on Facebook. Uh, we saw protesters and mobs out in front of our own personal home, which we particularly felt bad because it wasn't just uh, the threats to us, uh, but in particularly to uh, the impact it had on our neighbors and uh, the stress that they went through during that time, uh, which was unfortunate. But we, we looked at all that was going on, and it just seemed eerily similar uh, to what we saw on Wednesday. Uh, the main difference is it didn't last uh, hours or even a, a day. It lasted day after day after day after day. Uh, and it impacted not only what happened in the state capitol, but in our own homes and our own communities. Lawmakers had threats. Uh, I had threats, a uh, series of death threats against me and, and, and my wife, uh, threats or, or pushback, at least against my kids. And the irony is, certainly rightfully so, 
the outrage about what happened uh, at the U.S. Capitol this week w was just about universal, certainly across ideological lines, uh, elected officials and otherwise rightfully denounced what happened, as, as I did immediately upon seeing this. That was not the case a decade ago in Wisconsin. Uh, in fact, not only did many of the liberal activists and leaders and even elected officials not denounce it, some of them actually promoted uh, what happened uh, in and around the Capitol and the pushback against me and others uh, who uh, stood up for what we thought was right and uh, and ultimately did the things we said we were going to do uh, throughout the process. Uh, I remember the unions tried to say that this somehow came out of nowhere, uh, yet the irony is I actually ran an ad during the campaign for governor in 2010 saying I was going to ask public employees to pay uh, for a portion of their pension and pay for a portion of their health care and included myself in that. Um, ironically, at least one of the unions put out a flyer uh, pointing to comments I and some of my staff had made during the campaign uh, telling people not to vote for us for precisely the, the reason we were going to do what we ultimately ended up doing with the Budget Repair Act. The only good that comes out of this comparison is pointing out that as troubling as things were back a decade ago in Wisconsin, as eerie as the situation was, particularly when I remember one of the nights uh, the state lawmakers had to go out through a tunnel uh, under the uh, the Capitol grounds over to the Risser Legal Building and uh, Justice Center and, uh, and then be taken on a bus by law enforcement to which later their cars were brought to them because of the fear factor, the quite literal fear factor they had uh, for their safety because of the angry mobs in and around uh, the Capitol. We had that often, not just at the Capitol, but I can remember it was visiting a factory in La Crosse, uh, whether it was at the 100th anniversary of one of our technical colleges, up at the anniversary of Devil's Lake State Park, or in any number of other places. Uh, where mobs uh, surrounded us and our activities and where local and state law enforcement was very much concerned for our safety, uh, those of uh, our staff and others around us. The only good part about that is eventually uh, things calmed down. Um, I signed the budget repair bill into law uh, March of that year. Uh, the reforms started to work. And even though politically uh, there was tension through the next year with the push for a recall, which um, was was incredibly intense. But on June 5th of 2012, I became the first governor in American history to survive a recall, actually receiving more votes and a higher percentage of the vote than I had in the 2010 election. But beyond that, the reforms worked. In fact, they work so well that even with a Democrat governor today and the budget he presented a year ago, um, a little actually about a year and a half ago now, uh, that budget, uh, which early on he included just about every left-wing liberal activist idea you can think of in the budget and in its legislative agenda, the one thing that was not included was an outright repeal of Act 10. The reason for that's simple. It works. It would be too much of a negative impact on the state and local budgets if they were to repeal that at this time 
And so it was worth what we did, as I said, to think more about the next generation than we did about the next election. And the good news is, I think, as long as we remember that passionate uh, protests are part of the U.S. Constitution, but not angry mobs, not violence uh, invoked upon uh, government buildings and certainly among elected officials and in particular uh, against uh, the law enforcement like the Capitol Police and others who protect uh, the people working there. As long as we denounce that, uh, but but stay firm about saying, yeah, we should have, we live in a country where we can have a passionate but civil discourse on the ideas. We can push uh, for things like freedom, but we can do so in a way uh, that doesn't violate the law and certainly doesn't put people's safety or even lives at risk. That's something that should have been true on Wednesday, uh, just as it should have been true a decade ago in the state of Wisconsin. Until next time, I'm Scott Walker. Thanks for listening to Freedom Fighters. And until we talk again, keep fighting for freedom.